She fumbled for her keys at the front door. It had been four years since she'd lived at home, but the front door key of the little house in Forsyth never left her ring. She turned on the hall light and shut the door behind her. Gabby? She called. Maybe she was at the hospital, but Dora barely had time to walk into the kitchen and drop her bag on the counter before she heard Gabby coming down the stairs. Gabby! Although her apricot perm was fluffed up and her coral lipstick firmly drawn on slightly wider than her actual mouth, Gabby looked tired and older. Sweetie, Gabby folded her in a hug. I was just having a little bit of a lie down. Want me to take you over to the hospital? You must have been driving for hours. Gabby. Dora thought she would tear up again. But even the vat-sized drive-through Diet Coke she had drunk on the way down hadn't replaced enough liquids to make that possible. How is she? She's been better, honey. You know that. But the Lord will provide. Gabby usually talked about the Lord as if he were one of her ne'er-do-well ex-husbands. So, hearing her put any faith in him at all was a bit of a shock. I should clean up. Dora gestured to her bedraggled t-shirt and good enough for the coffee shop cargo pants. But I didn't bring anything with me. Sweetie, that's never a problem in this house. You still have your closet here, you know. The closet. Dora hadn't considered the closet. She had always had two closets ever since she was a little girl. One was for her everyday clothes, the jeans and plaid flannel shirts of a 90s girlhood. The other was the closet Mimi was, for lack of a better word, curating for her. A combination wardrobe and trousseau constantly updated as new pieces came through Mimi's shop that she didn't want to or couldn't get rid of. Dora had raided it as a girl to play dress-up and as a teenager for a prom dress or two. She probably hadn't looked in it since Christmas or maybe even high school graduation. Gabby led the way upstairs going on about how Dora wouldn't recognize the shop downtown since the city had done over the street to make it look old-timey and all. They'd even closed off the street to cars and put in benches. Of course, it looks even better now that Larry Sefford had sold out his old hardware store and went to Florida. It's a fancy restaurant now. What, you mean they have cloth napkins? Dora teased. Gabby grinned. And you can't get a pulled pork sandwich. How do they expect a person to fill up? She flipped on the closet light. The closet was too big to fit within the bounds of an actual closet. It took up most of the spare bedroom. Mimi had kept a guest bed and a nightstand there because she didn't want to think of herself as the kind of person who didn't have a place for guests to lay their heads. But Dora couldn't remember anyone ever staying there. 
Mimi changed the sheets on the bed weekly, though they were never slept on. The closet was really a forest of rolling coat racks, with an undergrowth of stacks of plastic shoe boxes, the shoes inside misty ghosts. Two mismatched dressers held sweaters, carefully layered with cedar sachets. There were a dozen hat boxes stacked in the corner, and a dress form wearing a purple feather boa, the boa being Dora's sole contribution to the closet, bought on a whim in high school and tolerated by Mimi. Dora elbowed aside two racks of coats, one fur and fur trim, one good cloth, and a few brocade. A stack of shoeboxes, fifties and sixties pumps mostly, and a laundry basket of foundation garments. Gabby stood in the doorway, making little...